0: Hi, this is Kim and Chelsea from 10K Under 10K, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast.
1: Food bloggers, let's take a moment to talk about a few things that Eat Blog Talk has to offer that is going to add value to your business and accelerate your growth. First of all, head over to the EBlog Talk forum. It's totally free. It's off of Facebook and it has a bunch of valuable discussions inside. You can create your own discussion. You can self-promote. You can talk about products and services that you offer without worrying about being removed from the group. Go to forum.eatblogtalk.com to check it out. Also, I have hosted a few in-person retreats here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm going to continue that. They've been wildly successful. So much connection and growth and learning has occurred within these, and they're fun. So join us in the next one. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash spring 2022 retreat. You will get access to all of the information for retreats moving forward at that URL. Go there, join the waitlist for the fall retreat and beyond, and you will not be disappointed in that. Also, I want to mention the mastermind program. So for 2022, we are full on the mastermind program. Two groups are underway and they're going really well. There are transformations happening. It is such a powerful, positive group of like-minded peers. And we do so much collaboration and learning inside these groups. We will open up new groups starting in 2023. So if you're interested in joining, join the waitlist, go to eblogtalk.com and follow the prompts for the masterminds. And last but not least, I've started a group coaching program for foodie creators who are interested in becoming foodie podcasters. If this is you, send me an email, megan at eatblogtalk.com, and let me know you're interested in this group coaching situation. Whether you just have an idea or you've already launched or anything in between, we will serve you and we show up twice a month on group coaching calls where we'll answer all the questions you need to get answered so you can start a successful foodie podcast. There are so many ways that we can accelerate your growth and add value to your business. So I hope that you will take advantage of some of these. And now we'll get back to the episode. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 317. Today, I have Kim and Chelsea with me, and they are going to do some debunking around the idea that the word influencer is a dirty word. 10K Under 10K is a unique coaching experience for bloggers, photographers, and influencers in the food space. Through their coaching and course offerings, founders Chelsea and Kim's goal is to help support, educate, and empower other creators in the foodie space to follow their passions and make their dreams a reality no matter what their skill set or follower count is. Kim and Chelsea, hello. It's so great to have you back on the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having us back. Oh, I love talking I'm to you so guys. You guys excited. are the best. <laughs> so, I am wondering if you guys each have a second fun fact to share with us.
0: Yeah. Who should go first? Either one.
1: Kim, why don't you go ahead?
0: Okay. <laughs> um, my fun fact is that I studied abroad in Austria for a summer and I lived in the Sound of Music house while I was there
1: oh that is so cool. okay my husband that he would kill me if i told you this but he's obsessed with the sound of music because that's the only movie his parents allowed him to watch when he was a kid oh, i love that i watched it like all the time so now he knows like all of the songs and our boys are like oh my gosh dad that is so weird and embarrassing <laughs> he would be he would be very jealous of that that's super funny
0: um so embarrassing uh, fact to follow that up. I had actually never seen the movie before. <gasps> oh, I know so I watched it for the oh. first time while like being in the house. It was a little surreal, but yeah, I, oh my God. I had never seen it before. Everyone was like, what are you doing here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's amazing. Okay. I'm going to tell my husband that tonight. He's going to be like, what? Yes! Who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Chelsea, your fun fact.
2: Okay. So my fun fact is that the town I live in is so rural that there's only one stoplight in it.
1: Where do you live again?
2: I live in Fairfield County in Connecticut, but my specific town is like protected by a land trust. So like 80% of it is just woods. So I have a lot of towns around me if I drive 20 minutes, but
1: my specific town is just, wow, there's probably more deers than people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Yeah definitely different from the city I live in but I love that there's something cool about that too being in a really rural remote area and not like having the city life there's something special about that so
0: definitely it's also <laughs> okay. very on brand for you Chelsea
1: <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> oh I didn't know that so that kind of supports Chelsea and who you represent is that authentic to you
2: yeah yeah i'm a big animal lover and Uh, have vegan and vegetarian recipes that i share so it's very on brand for me i'm (laughs) always eating like the animals outside and wanting to care for everything
1: so (laughs) oh that's really cool well thanks guys for coming up with two fun facts i appreciate it um so you guys are here to debunk the idea that the word influencer is a dirty word i have actually heard people discuss this in various places online Recently, and I hadn't even really considered it before, but someone brought up, I don't know, just the fact that they didn't like the word influencer because it implies like I'm influencing people and maybe that's like a negative connotation. So you guys are here to say like that, the opposite of that. So influencer actually can have a positive connotation. So let's just talk about that. Like what do you guys, how do you define the word influencer, I guess, to start? Do you want
0: to go? You want
2: to- <laughs> <laughs> it's like my jam. Um, so really, anybody can be an influencer. I think there's this big stigma that you need a hundred thousand followers or anything like that. You really can be an influencer with, I mean, even five hundred people, five hundred followers, that you still have an influence. And what it means is that you can influence change in the world. You can influence them to follow a certain diet. You can influence them to buy a certain product it doesn't just have to have that negative connotation thought behind it you can influence them for positive changes too so one of our good friends is a sustainability blogger and she influences people to be more conscious about you know microplastics and things like that so there's just this really negative
0: thought process around it it does not need to be like that at all
1: do you have anything to add to that kim yeah, I was
0: just going to say, I think also in this day and age, and especially over the last two years, not to keep bringing up the P word, I'm not going to say it, but <laughs>
1: over the last two years,
0: you know, we haven't really been able to be in front of people that may be the ones that we're usually going to for advice or for like, where was the best p- place to shop or like, what's the best gluten-free flour to use. So we are online and we're spending so much more time online and connecting with people online and we're starting to build just trust with these people that maybe we don't really know in real life, but they show up for us day in and day out online, that becomes like the trust that you build with somebody like that becomes like the trust that you have with one of your besties, right? So now you start, like I'll find myself logging into Instagram or TikTok and being like, I wonder what so-and-so has posted today. (laughs) Oh my God, that like, mocktail mixer looks amazing. I have to try that because everything he or she makes always looks so good. So it's just sort of like, to me, an extension of like your real life best friend.
1: Hmm. I love that. So a couple of phrases I pulled out of there. First of all, you're creating change in the world. So being an influencer gives you the opportunity to stir up change. So it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to influence you to sell my product or to buy my product and like somehow that becomes negative but you like you can create actual good change in the world i love that and then the trust thing isn't that funny how we trust people that we meet online almost like what you said as much as our best friends like i have gotten together with people that i had not met in person and my real life friends were like now who like you're gonna go like stay at a house with this person you know and i'm like of course i would they're like my best buddies online but it is crazy how much trust you can build just through the online space. And that's not just with your peers, but with people who are buying from you and who you are providing value to and all of that. So this kind of helps to round out that word influencer and take that negative edge off, I think. But I, I mean, there are people like that, right? That do use the word influencer to truly like be icky online. So it's like we're having to soften those people what do you guys think about that
0: for sure I I think that a lot of people think when they think of the like negative connotation around influencer it's maybe like like a decade old thought of you Mm -hmm. know the super hot model in like the best clothes drinking a smoothie like on the beach in LA (laughs) is just like the epitome (laughs) of maybe or like somewhere in Europe with a coffee like it's just like the epitome of what you might think When you think of influencer, but really, again, like this is where, like, just something so as simple as like showing up in your stories and just chatting about your day, which, like, I admittedly am am not the best at and I'm trying to get better at it. Sometimes I get like afraid to share my day, but like, Chelsea is so amazing at it. And so she has such a great connection with her audience because she's so just genuine and authentic. And I think that those are kind of like the key words that we would really we really want to drive home that you know j- being an influencer doesn't mean that you have to have like the hottest outfits and travel everywhere it just means that you are genuine and authentic and you really care about connecting with people that again like try- it just it all boils back down to trust i feel like i might be a little bit repetitive today but like it's really just about authenticity
1: yeah and you mentioned like people who are insincere not authentic but i also think of people who Are like kind of sleazy, like Mm. the, you know, like they put on a webinar and hundreds of people show up. And then it's like this totally sleazy, um, sales pitch that is like, I don't want to be associated with that kind of influencer. So there's a couple different sides, or I guess a couple different varieties of the negative kind of influencer. And you guys mentioned like the food space gets a little bit of a bad rap in this area. So can you explain that more? Cause I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it.
2: Definitely. So I, from what Kim and I have heard from the foodie community, if somebody's a food photographer, a food blogger, if somebody accidentally calls them an influencer, they red flags, they get so upset, but in reality, they're influencing people. And I keep on using that word, but they're swaying people to make their recipes to like, this is a great recipe for say like a busy mom. So you're influencing these busy moms to make this recipe. And it does not need to be that you're manipulating them or doing anything like wrong. Like you're just helping everyday, like everyday people with everyday problems. So I think that's something that can make somebody feel icky. Like you were saying, Megan, is like, if you're just selling, 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 but You're most food bloggers that are on instagram they're not just selling all the time they're also they're showing up as their authentic self they're connecting they're sharing recipes maybe every once in a while they have a sponsored post where they might be selling for a brand and increasing brand awareness but it's not just oh you're just selling it like every single post is a sales post that that's when i could feel that maybe there's that icky feeling and it could not feel Mm -hmm. right for somebody but you know, as an influencer, you have that power. So if somebody wants to go sell a product, say eventually you write a cookbook or a photography book, you're able to do that because your audience is connected to you and they trust what you are selling to them.
1: So influencer is so strongly tied to trust is what I'm hearing from you guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Absolutely. I, and I Oh, go ahead.
0: Sorry, I was just going to say, I think to that, not only is it tied to trust, but it also sort of ties into what niche are you in? Um, And, and to Chelsea's point of talking about sponsored posts, like if you're just sharing a sponsored post every day or like several times a week, and it's sort of like all over the place, we don't really understand what it is you do and why it is you're sharing that. Um, that's when that mistrust and that sort of like that disconnect and maybe that icky feeling is there because you're like, okay, this person is just trying to make a buck, which like, yeah, of course we're all trying to make a buck. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to pretend like we're not, but there's a way to do it. And there's a way not to do it in my opinion. Um, and in my opinion, just signing on with a brand to do a sponsored post just for the sake of making a few hundred dollars or whatever it is it's not going to continue to build trust with your audience and it's not going to continue to build trust with that brand and with future brands um because you know your instagram I'm just going to use instagram as the most popular example but your instagram is essentially your portfolio to brands so if you're a food blogger and a really popular flower company is checking you out and they see that you've done posts recently with like I don't know a watch company or a clothing company they might be like huh this is interesting and kind of all over the place we're going to move along to somebody else who seems to have a deeper connection with their audience that also makes more sense for us like as food bloggers it doesn't necessarily have to be like oh i'm a baking blogger i can only partner with flour brands vanilla brands sugar brands like you can also partner with you know, kitchen utensil companies, you could partner with like a company that makes cute rugs for your kitchen, like anything that would make sense in the space of a, of a kitchen or in the space of, even if you're a photographer slash blogger, like your audience is probably divided between food bloggers and food photographers. So it wouldn't be insane to partner with like you know B and H or Canon or something like that because it's still authentically within one of the niches that you are falling under. So as long as you're not like, you know, I'm a baking blogger and here I am showing you like these hiking boots. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just like
1: Yeah, no, that is a great example, and I think we've all done this. At least I have. I've been blog- blogging for a really long time, so I've definitely made those mistakes where I. Did do work for money. And then in retrospect, I was like, oh crap, that probably looked really bad. And I probably lost some trust and followers. So, can you give people a little pep talk to maybe, or, you know, just to have grace with ourselves? Because yeah. it is easy to feel bad about that. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that.
2: It totally happens. I think everybody has done that. I have, I don't know if Kim has or not, but and like you cringe when you think about it, but it's part of learning. It's kind of just like any other mistake that you'd make in any other profession. You know, you just need to learn. You get that brand deal and you're so excited, and you're like, oh my God, this is great. And then you're like, wait, this is great to maybe me personally, but not me as a brand on Instagram. And it doesn't make sense. My audience is super confused, but that's okay. (laughs) You know what? Like, honestly, luckily with Instagram, like you post for two or three weeks and nobody's going to see that sponsored post that's not on par. You know? yeah. It's just like, okay, it's, people live in such the moment on Instagram that your audience is going to forget in a week.
1: Fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, right. So don't do it. Maybe if you do get that feeling like, hmm, I should maybe not have done that, then take a step back and evaluate and potentially stop doing it. it. Do you- <laughs> Do you have advice, Kim, for anyone who might be beating themselves up over stuff like that? Oh my
0: God, just don't. Uh, I know that's easier. Just way stop, easier, right? <laughs> way easier, Just stop it. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think you just said this a few minutes ago, Megan, but just like give yourself grace because we all start somewhere, even if you have been doing this for a while, maybe you've been blogging for a while, but you haven't been interested in what would be considered like influencer Partnerships, And that's new to you. Like When you're new at something, you're not going to be perfect at it, maybe ever. And that is absolutely okay. As long as you know that you are showing up with intention and that you are being as genuine and authentic as you possibly can be, your audience will see that. And sure, some people might be like, okay, I'm confused. But I think that (laughs) it sounds aggressive to be like... Oh my god please like don't ever do that because everyone will unfollow you and no one will trust you because that's not the case but it's more of like best practice is to kind of just stick with what you're trying to share when it comes to brand partnerships and if you happen to step outside of that like you just can't beat yourself up as as long as you feel good about what you're doing that's all that matters
1: yeah so forgive yourself and then hopefully others will too most other people will too and something i've found about food bloggers in general is that they're so authentic as a whole. I mean, i know there are probably food bloggers who are not, but as a like a huge body, don't you feel like food bloggers are so authentically showing up with sincerity, providing their best content, giving free recipes out free resources, so much value. So that definitely shines through and i think that's why our audiences are so in tune with us and why we earn that trust so quickly. Do you guys agree with that? Completely. I definitely agree with that. Food bloggers are amazing. Let's take a quick break to talk about SideChef and their new affiliate program. SideChef is a free recipe cooking app that I have been using for the last decade, and I love it. It's a meal planner tool, and my favorite feature is the possibility to buy the ingredients from my favorite recipes with just one click, directly from their app or website. And they have some great news to share. They just launched their affiliate program, which offers you, foodie content creators, a new way of monetizing your food content by turning all your recipes shoppable. So how does it work? It's simple. You sign up to SideChef's recipe-based affiliate program, upload the recipe ingredients of the recipe you want to promote, and SideChef's online grocery tech technology will generate you a link that you can add to your webpage, social media posts, or wherever you want. Your fans will click on the link and all the ingredients will be matched to the products available at their local Walmart store. The best part is that you will receive a commission on each successful purchase. During their one-month launch phase, they are offering a limited-time promotion where you will receive not $10, but $20 for each purchase. One important thing to note about this program is that there is no exclusivity or sharing of your content. You keep the ownership and control. SideChef just makes it easier for anyone to shop your delicious recipes. To learn more about SideChef's affiliate program, go to sidechef.com forward slash affiliate and apply today. Again, go to sidechef.com forward slash affiliate and apply today. Now back to the episode. What are some of your other goals for just sharing this message about the word influencer? And yeah, like what you have the ears of many food bloggers. So what do you want them to know about this word going forward?
2: Don't run from it. Don't get mad if somebody calls you an influencer because it really is a compliment. Start looking at the word as a compliment, as a powerful word, not so much like, I'm an influencer. Now I have to like go, but like you do never, you never have to show your face on Instagram if you don't want to, and you could still be an influencer. It's not icky. It's nothing like that. You have, again, the power to change so much, so much in the world. You have this impact. You have an audience who is so engaged with you. Most people, I mean, if you talk to the average person walking down the street, they don't have one thousand people looking at their Instagram profile and looking at their stories. I mean, maybe story views won't be a thousand, maybe even two hundred, but they don't have that. So you just you really use it wisely. I guess is the best thing to say: use it wisely.
1: <laughs> Do you have anything
2: I, to
0: add to that, Kim? Yeah, it's. I just. I think you know again we're busting this myth that it's a dirty word and really i would love for people to consider that you know when you have influence over someone or or multiple someones you have the ability to educate them you have the ability to inspire them to just positively impact their lives like again we've been isolated for a while so we haven't really been able to spend a whole lot of time with the people who might typically you know bring us that positive energy in our life so social media has become the place where we look for that and where we you know maybe find friendship and and a little happiness in our day and so i think there's something really special about that and i know like personally well social media is a weird place right now and we all know that <laughs> um <laughs> so i won't pretend like it's not but um personally, I- I, when I find myself getting frustrated with it or like ready to throw in the towel, especially frustrated with like, why am I not growing? I force myself to take a step back and remember number one, like, why did I even start this in the first place? Like, who did I start this for? Because I didn't start this for myself. I started that personally, I started my blog and I started my Instagram to help other people who were going through the same health issues that I was going through and knowing that there wasn't a really big community out there at the time when I started. And so when I start to struggle with the comparison game i like to try to bring it back to that and then just focus on those people that i have right in front of me whether it's my blog audience my email list my TikTok audience my facebook my instagram like that list can go on just think about those people and why the fact that they are there with me every single day and think about why i'm i'm showing up for them and why they're still showing up for me and that to me is really just like the core of influence is that community and that trust. Again, I said I was going to say it a million times.
1: <laughs> yeah, and for a reason, right? Like trust yeah. is a Im- really important ingredient here.
2: Um, yeah, so go what ahead. I was about too is like I don't know if you watched the Britney Spears whole debacle and things like that, where the podcasters like figured out that I, I don't even know exactly what was going on, but if it wasn't for their platform. And the awareness that they brought to that situation, it would still be going down. So I, that I again, whether you like Britney Spears or agree or whatever, it's still just something to think about. Like, look at that impact that was made. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much impact that can be made. And I think that the word influence can sound so bad because it's like, oh, the power and conveying and stuff like that. So think of it more as like you're guiding people, you're guiding people and helping people. Because I, I think that it's hard to say like, oh my God, I influence people. Like think you're guiding
0: them. You're helping them. (laughs) It's not like the puppet master.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, you guys broke that down so well. I've never heard it framed like that. Like um, you're you're a guide, you're providing clarity. You're like here to help. You are creating change in the world. You're putting such a positive spin on this that I. I mean, I will probably never look at the word influencer the same again for good okay. because i do i did have a little bit of a negative connotation with it so i really appreciate you guys bringing that perspective so i feel like if we start leaning into that word or that identity of being an influencer more good things will come our way we're not going to be resisting it anymore because yeah. i don't know about you guys but i find when i resist any label or anything only bad things come to me oh but goodness. when i accept it and i can put like a positive definition on it Then the good things start coming like there's a lot of money to be made and there's a lot of people to provide value to and there's only good things that can come from like changing our perspective on this
0: absolutely and there's also multiple platforms that you can be of influence on like if you're somebody who's been focused on your blog like your food blog for example more than anything else maybe you only have a thousand followers on instagram but you're getting, you know, you're on media vine and you've got hundreds of thousands of page views and a month, that's, that can be your platform that you're influencing on. So I know a lot of times like, and I, I personally have just been referencing Instagram a lot because that's typically where I do the most of my influencing work, but it doesn't always have to look the same for everybody. You could have a YouTube channel. You could have, you could even have a community group that you've put together in your area. Like this doesn't all have to necessarily be a virtual thing either.
1: Do you have thoughts about how many platforms? I mean, I know it's hard to stretch ourselves and be on everything. There are certain platforms that I've had to say no to just because I don't have the time or capacity for all of it. So what are your thoughts on that? Like how much do we extend ourselves, or does it not matter? Do we just pick whatever feels good?
2: I'm all about, and I'm not sure, I feel like Kim might agree, lean into what feels good and what is going to make you, what's going to make you the most money in terms of you're doing like influencer, if you're partnering with brands, because if it does not feel good to you, you are going to resist it. So if you're someone like Kim and I are both on Instagram and we really love TikTok, we think that TikTok is the best upcoming thing. Like as like we went from facebook to instagram to tiktok you know it just keeps on evolving and there's going to be something else but if for some reason you can't get onto tiktok and you don't want to do it that's cool you could stay on instagram and have your blog and things like that you could have a facebook group whatever feels good to you and whatever is going to
0: like fill up your cup every day
1: was well said do you have anything to round that out kim i loved what you said chelsea
0: yeah, actually, I read something interesting today. I saw something on Instagram, and I wish I could remember the creator who posted it. I'm so sorry, I cannot. But they did a really in depth post on just like is Instagram dead, and so that hooked me right away because I'm <laughs> constantly like, is this gonna go away? Yeah, it, it's not. I I I can't see it becoming obsolete. But anyhow, the person, their main point was that Instagram is going to stick around because they're of the community that Mm. we've all created there. There's the big part of Instagram that I think sometimes we miss myself included is the engagement piece and the community building piece. We get so focused on like, how far is my post going? Like how many people am I reaching? But if you're reaching people and then you're just not really interacting with them, you're easy to forget. But if you're reaching these people and then you are interacting with them, you are having some sort of an impact on them. Again, that's where you have the ability to influence. And so in that right, I don't think that Instagram in particular is going to become a platform that is obsolete when it comes to influencer marketing. I know that a lot of people I have talked to, and a lot of our clients get worried. Um, you know, Is TikTok going to take over? And Like, of course, I would be silly not to acknowledge the fact that TikTok is blowing up, but brands are still interested in working with influencers on Instagram and not necessarily both platforms at once. So if it is too much for you to do both, because it absolutely is time consuming, then pick the one that you
1: like better. So it, you know, go with your gut a little bit and follow that intuition and don't resist what your intuition is telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking as you guys are talking, like a platform that people don't often think about is audio, like you can influence via a podcast yeah, Um, and brands are getting on board with supporting podcasts. So I didn't want to exclude that from the conversation. So obviously Instagram, TikTok, I have no idea about Facebook anymore. Like if I don't know if that would align, but yeah, like don't exclude audio. There's so much power there too.
2: Oh my gosh. Especially because you're there for at I would say probably at least tw- I've never watched a podcast or listened to a podcast that was less than 20 minutes. So yeah. you're with that person in their ear for 20 minutes. That is so much more than when somebody's scrolling through Instagram and watching a story for 15 seconds or scrolling through TikTok and watching a 15 second TikTok. Yeah. You're so influential on like the, when you're on a podcast, you're just in their ear, which is amazing.
1: To 60 minutes. I mean, I will listen to every word a podcaster says mm-hmm. for like 60 minutes. There is no other platform that you can say that about. Literally nothing else. There's so much power there.
0: That is so true. And actually, it's funny. I personally, a lot of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because I was so influenced by this one podcast that I used to listen to like years ago. Um, and maybe not necessarily doing what I'm doing now, but just sort of like leaning into the entrepreneur bit of it. Um, but yeah, that's such a good point. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Podcasts are super influential.
1: Yeah. Same. I'm doing my podcast because of an entrepreneur related podcast that I listened to for years. And I knew I wanted to help food bloggers and be that influencer that we're talking about. And I remember reaching out to him and saying, like, I... I, it's on my heart to add value to this space. I just don't know how. And he was like, uh, you need to... Start. I remember his email. like, It's ingrained in my brain. It said, you need to start a podcast pronto. And I read that and just stared at it for like five minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. I need to do this. And so the next day I started eBlog Talk. I mean, I got it in motion the next day. And I've never looked back. So yeah, it's a huge platform that we... Take in, like we listen to podcasts all the time, but we don't often think about using that as a way for us to be influential as foodie creators. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think we also don't think of it necessarily as something that is influencing us.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Now you got me thinking all all these,
0: I'm like, oh, (laughs) so (laughs) many things I do or have or like whatever came from podcasts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know. I'm trying to start this movement of food bloggers who start podcasts because I feel like there are so many similarities to that as versus like when I was first starting to blog mm-hmm. and how that wave came in and how very few people were doing it and then like more and p- more people were like oh there's power here I kind of feel like there's a parallel with foodie podcasters so I'm really encouraging people to at least consider it and so, this chat with you guys aligns completely with that because there is such great influence in that realm. So, thank you for supporting that and just everything you guys have to say and share. Is there anything we've forgotten that you want to be sure to mention about this topic? Money.
2: <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. Like, why? Like, influencer marketing, I think that's the one, when you hear the term influencer, that's the biggest thing you think of is like, like Kim said, the the model on the beach with the smoothie selling the smoothie and it really doesn't need to feel gimmicky and authentic again like kim said pair with or partner with brands that you not only love but that you know your audience will love so even if you you wear socks every day obviously so like but like maybe don't partner with a sock brand if you're showing them lo fodmap map, um, <laughs> you know, like that's not really. They, they don't care. Yes, they have to wear socks too. But you're just going to. But you know, something that we see with a lot of creators, and we work with creators from all walks of life, whether they just started, whether they've been doing it for a while, whether they have 500 followers to I think one of somebody has 25,000 followers. But all of them are just really surprised with how much money you can make in the influencer space. And both Kim and I have made over five figures uh, or five figures of supplemental income in 2021. So they're serious money. And it's so funny because every time we talk to somebody, they're like, oh, I didn't know I could get that much for doing like a sponsored reel. And it's like, yeah, because you're not only creating content for the brand, you have this most likely a recipe, but also you're increasing brand awareness, you're marketing for them, you're building trust, you're building that credibility. If you have an audience, and again, you can have 500 people. We worked with creators that were, I think somebody had like 975 followers and she was landing brand deals for sponsor posts and getting paid well for it because she just, her audience just was really connected to her. And we're not saying she was getting thousands of likes on each thing. She was getting like 75 likes. You really don't need to have this massive audience to work with brands in a sponsored capacity. And you don't have to feel icky about it because if the brand aligns, then it's perfect. Why wouldn't you want to give your audience this gift of showing them a brand that you love that would really fit well with what they're interested in?
1: Sorry, I can go off. (laughs) Oh, that looks... That was lovely chelsea no that was really great and kim did you have anything else you wanted to add at the end here of
0: course i do (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had two things that i wanted to add the first thing being you know i think that we're in a really special position here it being in this foodie space because a lot of food bloggers, not everybody, but a lot of food bloggers are also super talented photographers. So you kind of have a double whammy when it comes to doing sponsored work, because not only are you giving these brands access to your audience that you've spent that time creating trust with, but you're also giving them really incredible content as well that they can then use on their own social media or however you know you end up negotiating. So you kind of get to double dip in that sense, which is really fun because you can absolutely earn so much more than maybe somebody who the brand is just getting in front of their audience, but they're not necessarily getting a super highly curated piece of content.
1: Very well said. Thank you, ladies, so much. I just ate this conversation up. This was great. And you have a special offer for my listeners. So why don't you talk about that?
2: we wanted to gift everybody 10% off our templates and our courses for 30 days after the airing of this episode. Use uh, the code Eat Talk, and you will get 10% off. So we have templates to help with pitching. Um, we have templates to help with following up, landing those ongoing partnerships. And then we also have two courses. One's a mini course where it teaches you how to price effectively as a beginner. And then we have... A much larger course called Brandwork Boss Academy, where it walks you through basically A to Z of how to land a brand deal, what mindset you need to be in, all of the whole shebang. So 10% off, use code Talk.
1: Thank you. That's so generous of you guys. I hope people take you up on that. That sounds super valuable. And just thank you again for being here, taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with me today. So appreciate you too.
2: Thank, thank you so much for having yeah, us again. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Do you guys have a second round of either sharing a quote or words of inspiration with us?
0: I do. Okay. <laughs> um, so I actually have this hanging on the wall in my office. The quote is from Stephen Furtick, I think is that how you say his name. Uh, it says The reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel.
1: Oh, that aligns so well with our conversation about influencing today.
2: I thought it might.
1: (laughs) That is amazing. How about you, Chelsea?
2: Mine isn't so deep. The secret ingredient is always cheese.
1: (laughs) Oh, amen to that. I agree. I need, I could eat cheese all day long. I am not (laughs) even kidding. (laughs)
0: Literally.
1: Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) You guys are amazing. So we will put together another show notes for you. So if anyone wants to go look at that and to find the special offer, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash 10K under 10K underscore two. Does that make sense the way I said that? 10K under 10K underscore two. Yep. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you online and on social media, guys.
0: So we are at 10K underscore under underscore 10k. I had to think about that for a second on Instagram. And our website is through the link in our bio. It is so long. So you can just find (laughs) it there on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, you guys, everyone go check them out. It's such a pleasure chatting with you guys. I love our conversations. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to EatBlogTalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.